Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Hi, welcome to The Living Room, and welcome back. We took a little summer break, and we're so glad to be back with our listeners. Today, joining me is Jody, Heather, and Michelle. And I'm Jana. I'm your host today, and the theme of our show is Trust the Process. This is a theme that came to me quite a while ago, and it's actually something that I now type up for my students every year. My class just started back again this week. Many of you are going back to school right now. And for me, I walk into a classroom of strangers that will really soon be my friends and introduce some really new and scary topics. And I am not by nature a scary person, but I have to be really strict and lay down the law, right? I don't think it's scary when I think of Janet at all. Well, in watercolor, some of the stuff that we do is scary. It's really scary. And designed, um, my class in a way is designed on purpose to be scary because I want to take the students way outside their comfort zone. And I want them to try things that are new. And I want them to try colors that are new. I want them to start doing things in a completely different way than they've ever thought about before. And lots of that requires bravery. You have to really, really trust that what I'm teaching them is actually going to turn out. So I have this formula for success, which is number one, show up. And number two, do the work. But number three, and this is a really big one, is trust the process. Well, I know that it works because sometimes I've had people walk down the hall next to my classroom, stand with the paintings on the wall and literally gasp right from the hallway because the work is so beautiful. And the students really do. They do beautiful work. But part of that is they have learned to trust a process that can be at times, in the messy middle, really murky. And when you start out, it doesn't look like anything. It looks really fuzzy and messy. And you wonder if it's going to go anywhere, ever. And little by little, as they continue to do what I tell them to do, and they continue to literally trust the process, they come up with something so much more interesting and beautiful than they ever could have imagined on their own because we're taking them someplace new and exciting. And so I realized one day it dawned on me, oh my gosh, this is what God does. He wants us to trust the process and he takes us to scary things way outside our comfort zone and asks us to hang in there, right? (laughs) Yes. Trust me, trust me. Yes. And it's so hard sometimes because you're in the in the in the messy middle, in the dark place, and you can't really see what's going to come of this experience or this thing that you're learning or being asked to do. And yet, he's taking you someplace so much better than you could have imagined on your own. So that's that, what the show's about. So you guys, where have you been in a situation where you had to trust the process and what came of it? That's a good 
Good question, isn't it? <laughs> I love to just think, uh, you're illustrating the watercolor, but I just went to um, an event on Sunday morning and we heard the Mormon Tabernacle Choir as part of their broadcast, The Spoken Word. And one of the analogies that they used was the butterfly, the caterpillar turning into the mm-hmm. butterfly. Mm-hmm. And the way he described the butterfly or the caterpillar making the chrysalis, he said, it's a soupy mess, you know? Yeah. And and I didn't, I, I guess I didn't really know that it became a liquid. I just didn't really ever give it that thought, but you just described that same thing. And when I think of the things in my life that when is, when have I become that soupy mess, you know, and then thought, is this it? And then looked back later and thought, Oh my heavens, look at what God was doing with me. Mm -hmm. Um, that's pretty incredible, but I tend to think it happens probably more than we ought to even think about. And then when it's over, it's over. But that just gave me what you described just made me realize I just heard that same thing. I love that process. That's so cool. Well, I remember having my first baby and that moment of shock where you think that you have this, like, you know, it's going to be hard. You know, you'll be tired, but you're like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. No, right. <laughs> oh, not even. And um, I'm not a human. I can't even think straight. I have don't have enough sleep. And I remember saying to a friend once, you know, this is my first time being a mom. And she said, and it's his first time being a baby. And I love the idea of that. Of she gave me like this big. I had this big exhale where I thought, "Oh well, Uh, good." His he doesn't have expectations of me, and (laughs) I shouldn't have expectations of him. And that together we are learning about this thing. And I think that no no more have I learned how to trust the process than in being a parent and trying to give myself permission to make mistakes and um, work with my children on the ways that I want to be a better mother and. That over time, I'm learning the things that I'm supposed to be learning while I'm supposed to be teaching them the things that they're supposed to be learning as well. And together, we have to trust that process. Oh, absolutely. It's a perfect example. Yeah. And it's scary. Mm-hmm. And how many times have you thought, oh my gosh, I've screwed them up. They're yeah. all going to need <laughs> therapy. Right? We're making the savings account now. Yeah. <laughs> or therapy. You have a therapy account. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's funny is... Don't you? <laughs> I remember somebody saying to me once, <laughs> what what is your one biggest goal being a parent? And I thought to myself that my kids would not need therapy like that. That's the goal, right? That my kids would not need therapy, but you know what? I needed it some points in my life. There's nothing wrong with it. Let's just, just yeah. no, rainy day. Everybody everybody needs needs therapy. Therapy. And it's a process. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But isn't, yeah. isn't parenting funny. though, along the way, each, each age and, um, experience, it's a process, you know, sure. parenting a toddler is so different than parenting teenagers. And I think as I've gone through, I've been a parent now almost 21 years, and I think what I've learned, and yet the process is different on my fourth child than it was on my first child because they have such different personalities. And so you're still trusting in that process of saying, okay, Heavenly Father, I have no idea what to do with this 17-year-old who, Bob, Bob, you know, who wants to do one, two, three, and I don't understand it. But um, but it's it's trusting. Mm -hmm. It's trusting completely. Totally. And, you know, it's trusting with this really great overarching vision that we have no idea how brilliant this plan is. You know the book Flow by Mahali Tricks and Mahali? Yes. And you know how he talks about when you're in that zone, um, how you kind of lose, you can, you can do a total focus, everything else just fades away and you're completely focused. But also... In order for that zone to continue to be exciting for you, there have to be variables and something has to change because your mind has to be continually yes. be challenged. And isn't that how parenting is? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I've got this. Oh, wait a minute. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And, and life. 
increasingly becomes more and more complex because if it ever got easy, we'd check out. But right. because it continues to throw us little challenges, we can't check out. We have to stay engaged. Yeah. There's no phoning it in. Right. That's so true. Yeah. And we always say to ourselves, you know, we, we talk a lot about the, how the grass is greener on the other side. Like things will be better when X, Y, Z. Things will be better when this project is done or things will be better yes. when my kids are in school full time or things will be better when my kids are out of the house or things will be better when this happens. But, and I do this a lot with, oh, after this project or after this speaking engagement or after this, things will be better and calm down. But the truth is, is it never does that. And as soon as I say, hey, things will be better when, instead of saying right now, what am I supposed to be learning, getting, grabbing? Because next week, next month, next year, it's going to be different. But owning that a little bit and saying, okay, well, what, and being more present. And I think that's part of trusting the process is Mm -hmm. saying what's right right now. And that also means that what happens later might be different. And in fact, this reminded me of a friend who just told me about how she had a prayer that she felt like was answered in one way. And then uh, three months later, she got a very different answer. And so she was like, wait a minute, was the first answer right? Was the second answer right? And how sometimes it can be right then and it can be different later. Yes. And we have to figure, that doesn't mean that our intuition was off or our connection with our heavenly father was off. It just meant that something changed (laughs) and trusting that a little bit and saying that's okay. And letting that move forward is really powerful. Maybe it should be trusting in the bigger picture for so many things. I I learned first about the saying, trust the process from um, house of hope, which is the drug treatment center in Salt Lake city. Um, I went there 16 years ago as a volunteer and have continued on uh, volunteering in different ways, but it was recovering addicts that really taught me what trust the process was. You come into the treatment program and the first thing you're told is trust the process. You don't get to question the process. You're Mm -hmm. told you can't wear makeup. Um, you can't have your hair dyed, you know, all the things that you take for granted that women just want to do, they take it all away so that they can start from the, the very, necessary things to Mm. concentrate on sobriety. So here's a story that um, a a dear friend of mine who's now been friends with me for about 13 years, she's a recovering addict. She was a meth addict. And um, I didn't remember this story exactly. And she called me, um, actually Facebook messaged me um, about a year ago and said, I just uh, spoke somewhere and I shared the story of when you handed me your baby. And I said, wait a minute, Wendy, what are you talking about? You know, in what was that? She says, you have no idea how poignant that was. She said, you came in to teach a class and you had your son on your hip. Cody was probably about nine months old and you had your craft, you know, your bucket and your two little girls, um, you know, in matching clothes by your side. I was like, Oh, I'm glad they were matching one day. <laughs> and she said, and you just walked in, you said, hi ladies. Okay, let's get going. Would you hold my baby? And you put Cody on my lap. She says, I'd been in the program a week. And I looked at you as a mother that, now this is her perspective, you know, had it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, here she is, you know, volunteering at a drug treatment center and trying to, uh, trying to help us ladies, you know, feel good about ourselves. And she said, you handed me your baby. Now think about that. I handed her what she was perceiving to be one of my most precious possessions. And she said, this is what it did for me. She said, all of a sudden I started to look at myself a little different, that if you could look at me and hand me your baby. What? Maybe I'm not so bad. Maybe, you know, so it was just a turning point for her. And she said, it was that day, Jody, that I figured out I had to trust the process that everything I was fighting. She was, in fact, I learned later that the director thought she was never going to graduate because 
she was resisting all oh, of the yeah. all of the things she was supposed to do. And it's I don't believe that my you know my doing that was the only thing that helped her trust the process, but it was the beginning. It was the turning point to say, this person sees something in me that I don't. And so we, we continue to be friends. Um, we continue to go to lunch. She's working on a book. Um, I just, she's an incredible person, but I look back at that and think, trust. I didn't look at it like I did anything other than a normal person. Just, Hey, I don't have three hands. Here's my baby. But the deeper of that meaning is I did, I trusted that process that I was in that safe place of that treatment center. These women were trying to get better and I was just handing off my son for some help. And she was she was seeing herself as somebody being trusted. So sometimes I think we ask that question, who am I going to trust? Why am I going to trust them? And sometimes it's just that act of faith. You're just going to do it. You're trusting God. You're trusting whomever he puts in your path. But trust can be life-changing. That's an example that really taught me what what it means to trust the process for someone else. But I just appreciate that saying to every time I go to House of Hope or other treatment programs, it's trust the process. They correct each other. And I think we can learn a lot from just that simple three words. Absolutely. Well, what's interesting about what you said is, and just a like something I'm learning in this moment is it takes a fair amount of humility and submission to do that. Yes. And it takes a fair amount of humility and, and submission to yourself Mm-hmm. Um, to to believe that something else could be there, or that you're willing to learn something else, it can take a fair amount of trust for a heavenly Father, or for a God that's trying to mold us and make us into something new. Um, I have a friend who's an artist like you, Jenna, and he makes beautiful paintings. And he he said that he was doing a a picture and he finished and he looked at it and he realized it wasn't done, and there was something else that needed to happen and needed to be finished. And he talked about how we can look at ourselves and we can say, oh, I am incomplete and make that a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Or he can say, God's not done with us yet. And if we can, in that instant, say, hey, there are still things I need to learn, things I need to understand, things I need to do. It may not be till the very end of our lives that our picture, our drawing is complete, but we have to trust that it will be. Mm-hmm. And that if we're not done yet, that we're not done. And, but and it still, doesn't mean we don't work right. and we're not okay, right? right. Yeah. We're just... In process. In process. And we're <laughs> humble enough to say, okay, what's next? Where do I mold? Yeah. All right, I'm Heather. So gl- oh. I was going to say, I'm so glad that done. you brought up humility because I do have students that resist, just like mm-hmm. Jody was saying, that they are bound and determined. And I think it's an insecurity, honestly, sure. bound and determined not to try. The thing that I'm asking them to do, well, and it could not be based to get on any feedback, their past experience exactly. or something. And so it's a, it's exactly. a whole complicated thing. Or maybe they were hugely successful in high school oh, and they yes. won an award in AP art, and now they're nervous because they're in college. And mm-hmm. wait, what if I'm not the best? You know, there's that and thing too. Right. Or or what if I what if I can't do this? You have no idea. But the ones who resist instruction, who don't dive in mm-hmm. and Embrace the process. Don't make progress. And don't you feel that, though? Can't you feel when you're resistant? I sure can. And sometimes I just, in that moment of resistance, I'm like, okay, I I recognize what this is, but I just want to be resistant for a moment. And I don't want to let it go. And then you just get, I just get tired and I get weary. And then I go, why am I resisting? Why don't I just trust? Why don't I just surrender to the process? 
Um, whether it's God trying to teach you something, whether it's trying to, um, just even get along with another human being or improve your marriage or improve your parenting skills. Or, you know, sometimes you go up against, um, another human being and you see it as going against instead of going with. And I think sometimes that resistance, it's just, it's a factor that once you kind of own up to it and say, why, why am I resisting? What, why am I putting up a fight? That's the first that's the first clue that I need to do something different. Yes. That's the first turn that I need yes. to make so that I start opening myself to that process. Yes. And frequently the thing that I do when I find myself in that place where I'm resisting, I'm pushing back, is gratitude. If you can find a way instead to be grateful for the situation or be grateful for the person that's giving you feedback or whatever that thing is, that'll sometimes put me in that submission place where I can re-engage in the process. Heather, what can you well, tell us? That just makes, I mean, I've, I think I've shared this before, but in my life, I call it daily bread. That's yeah. my gratitude. And yeah. so it's amazing how, no matter how bad the process is <laughs> and how mucky it is, you know, if I can find, there's always daily bread. There's always something feeding me, something somewhere that, that I can be grateful for. That's good. That's positive. Sometimes it's simply that I made a red or a green light, like that light didn't change and I made it. Sometimes it's it really, or like I actually, or for me, lots of times it's, I get to school and something's delayed our kids. So even though I'm late, they're not ready for me yet. <laughs> like it just, yeah. a, just very, and sometimes that's all I've got is very, very simple things. I actually got the laundry folded. That's daily bread. And so even though they're tiny, it's those tiny little things that then just culminate in my mind and in my heart so that whatever the process is, isn't quite so daunting at the time. Oh, and yeah. they're small. They're very small. Yeah. Oh, so. it's so true, though. I remember when we ran our own business in California, and there were times when it was very lean. And I remember that daily bread idea, realizing that we were we were sustained mm-hmm. by daily bread. Manna would come in and carry us from day to day, and somehow we made it. And uh, recognizing that is huge. Well, and it's interesting because both of those things are about sometimes hitting a a rock bottom or having a challenge and it's finding gratitude in even those moments that if, that if we're coming up against a wall that is going to keep us from whatever's next and it can even be a mistake or something that we did on our own that drops us and knocks us down, we still have to find the daily bread and still have to find the gratitude in order to get to the other side of whatever that may be for what needs to be created next. Something that helps me too is just looking to other people who have trusted the process and overcome. And since I mentioned Mm -hmm. Wendy earlier, um, you know, she started, she started using, um, drugs and alcohol at 14 and it turned out that her parents lived in my neighborhood. We didn't know that until, um, after she had graduated from the program and I showed up at the elementary school and our, her son and my daughter were in the same class and it's first grade. And, uh, and I said, Oh my heavens, what are you doing here? And so we ended up going on some field trips together and through the years just started to build a friendship, but she's so open with her story and it's so inspiring to me. I haven't gone through what she's gone through. I can't say that I've walked exactly in her footsteps, but the power of her story elevates me. The power of her story to trust a process that was bigger than she was, you know, to start Mm -hmm. into, um, Oh, just what you would consider, you know, smaller uses of drugs and alcohol to then become a meth addict of, of, you know, every three, four hours, you know, needing to, to get your fix and then ending up in jail. And, but her story, she's now a real estate agent. She's an incredible individual who lifts others and builds others, but her story 
literally helps me look at my own life and say, okay, I'm not going through that. But if she can do that, what can I do with what I've been given? And so I find great, wherever we are, we find the heroes, wherever we are, we find, you know, um, acts of courage and kindness. I mean, Cinderella is that beautiful message of, you know, that I'd love to follow, um, that my Italian, uh, in me needs to let me do it more often, but have the courage and be kind, you know, just the act of kindness that you see somebody give. There's so many ways that people show their heroism and overcoming. And that helps me look at my own life and say, I need to be more trusting that, that change can happen, that, that those bigger metamorphoses can come. And I'm going to be okay. In fact, I'm not going to just be okay. I'm going to be better. Our oldest son is like that for me. He's he's really a hero for me. We um, sent him to a residential treatment center and before that a wilderness program. And so he was in a, a drug treatment, really intense for for two months. And then again through this private boarding school for 13 months beyond that. So a really long time. And uh, what I realized is that once he resigned and was willing to trust that process, he became amazing, so much better than he'd ever been before. And when I look at him now, I realize the growth that he's made in the last five years. And I look at myself and I think, have I made that kind of progress in the last five years? Mm. Not even close. But you realize if... He can make that kind of growth in five years. All of us are capable mm-hmm. of this exponential growth if we're willing to engage in a process like that. Yeah, yeah God doesn't leave us alone for very long. <laughs> yeah. And he wants us to stretch and grow, you know. Yeah. Um, I love all the I love all the stories that you see. I do. You find it in your own families, you find it even in your spouse, you know, do you see things in your spouse where you're where you think, wow, you know. Where would I be if we didn't go through this mm-hmm. uh, with your children? You know, I see all those times when maybe we didn't think we were trusting the process, but in the in the end, that's exactly what we were doing. Mm-hmm. When I think some of our most powerful stories are actually our very own. Yeah, I mean, it's so inspiring. But I know for myself, when I look back and see the times that I did trust and I did grow and I did get stronger, I can rely on that again because it is my very own. And those are feelings that I do know oh, yes. personally. And so I think Absolutely. knowing them personally does a lot of good, does a lot of well, good. And, and don't you think then sharing them in, in the way that you meet that stranger or you have that friend going through something and then all of a sudden you're able to say, hey, I went through something like this, you know, this was my outcome. And I don't know, I think that sharing of our own stories can be pretty powerful. Oh, I think it is powerful. I think that's one of the ways that we really form a deep connection with somebody is if we're willing to open up and share well, and don't you think it's how we actually embrace what we truly learn, too? Yes. I mean, once, yes. once we've gone through the process and we do learn it, our ability to actually share it and articulate it and recognize, well, first recognize that someone else is going through something that's similar uh-huh. and to be able to see it and then articulate what it is we felt and then aid them in some fashion, whether it's simply sharing or advising and getting through their own situation. Or support. Right. Yeah. I think it's at that point that we can actually say, oh, I get it. I, I got that now. I That one I now really feel. I really see what was happening to me then. I really get that process once we can do that for someone else. I totally agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's true. And maybe that's why parenting 
right? We go through it ourselves and then we, and then we teach and we help somebody else. And as you go through that process, you realize, oh, okay, I'm getting this. I understand why I went through that at 13 because I'm watching her do that now and uh-huh. I'm helping her through it, right? That's so and true. Then, well, and then I'm, I'm not, I don't have kids with kids yet, but I have no, a soon to be, um, well, a 20 and a half year old. And every time I say, I'm so excited to be a grandma, my husband's like, don't rush this process along. What are you talking about? Give us, give her seven years of, I mean, she's not anywhere close, you know, to getting married or anything. But the reality is I think about that and I think of the times I'm going to have to stand back and trust the process that I've taught her as good as I can teach. She's going to learn the process that she's going to need to learn to be a parent. Because as I watch my friends who are grandmothers parent their children who have children, I admire the way they stand back and let that process unveil the way that it's supposed to unveil being on the sidelines, you know? I've loved watching characteristics develop in my children that lets me know that they are going to be a good parent. I I see things in them that makes me think, oh, they're a natural nurturer, or oh, she's so good at discipline, or any of those things. That It's really exciting to think, yeah, that process is going to continue. Well, I think, too, when we when we look at what's going on here, if we kind of break it down to the most fundamental things that we learn from trusting the process, right? Forget that all the experiences are different. I mean, we've touched on gratitude. We've touched on uh, humility. Mm-hmm. I think we have to add in there some sort of compassion or empathy. Yes. When you take those fundamental value systems that now become part of us each and every time we trust a process, it's amazing. I mean, those are the fundamentals for successful relationships, for successful marriages, for successful friendships that we're able to be humble, that we're able to be empathetic, that we're able to show gratitude. So regardless that every process for everyone is different, we're still all learning the same basic fundamental principles if we will allow ourselves, which then helps build those greater connections. It's pretty cool. So true. So I've got a question just regarding faith. What role does faith play in trusting the process? Because you want to think that maybe is it the same? I'm just curious what you think. Oh, I think it's totally the same. Think if if faith is a trust in something unknown that we cannot see yet is true. That's exactly that's all it is yeah. is trusting the process. It's it's putting it out there and hoping and mm-hmm. and acting on that hope. And yeah. if it's not, don't tell me because it's the only way I survive. No, I know, right? <laughs> so, so if somewhere in that in this somewhere in the sphere that has nothing to do with it, then I'm doomed. Because no, I think it's just another way. Because that's saying all I got. It. I really Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And I think I really in the do. process that is. I know for me in the process, that is all I have. Yeah. That that really is all I have a hope or belief or faith that this will get better as long as I, I stay the course. That's it. And there are very, very often that's all that there is. That's all that I have. That takes us straight to our quote. This one's from the Bible, that font of everlasting wisdom. (laughs) Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. That's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Love it. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, you guys, thank you. This has been a great discussion, and it's so good to be back together. Um, I just want to remind our listeners to trust the process as well, and trust in a higher power, and trust in any process that's going to take you someplace bigger and better and stronger. And um, remember that you can connect with us online through social media and also at our website, uh, from the living room.com and remember to take some time for yourself and your family, give yourself, your family and the process, some living room. What woman doesn't yearn for a creative outlet? 
We all need the peace, the joy, and the sense of accomplishment that comes from creating, not to mention taking a little time for yourself. When I was a young mother with little ones at home, I started taking a Wednesday night watercolor class. I was usually the very last one to leave because it felt so good to take a few hours for myself, as Anne Lamott recommends, for time spent quietly in beauty. I recently became acquainted with a new business called Workroom, but they might as well call it Playroom, and I instantly thought, this feels such a need for women on multiple levels. It's run by the cutest little expectant mother named Kara Van Dyke. Workroom is a place for you to connect and be creative with other like-minded women. They find local experts to come teach hands-on creative skills to other women in our community. We gather together, create, and during the process, beautify our lives. And good news, their event is a watercolor painting class taught by me in the beautiful fall foliage of Provo Canyon. Talent not required. To find out more, go to workroomevents.com. Hope to see you there. Thanks for coming to the living room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.